Hello everyone, this is Flowcast. I am Jeremiah Washington, and I will be getting interviewed today by Aaron, who is our producer tech guy. He's uh, usually just around with the headphones on, making sure our sound is good. But today, he will be the host, and he will be interviewing me, myself, the host, just so the listeners can get a great idea of who I am as a person. I hope you enjoy it. Today is May 5th, 2021, and I'm here with Jeremiah Washington. Jeremiah is the host of Flowcast, and I'm just trying to figure out what this thing is and who this guy is (laughs) and what we're going to do with this thing. Who are you? What is your name? And what are the roles you've had? I'm Jeremiah Washington. I work at the convent, Sacred Convent. I started off working in the kitchen as a dietary aide, dishwasher, for three years. And then after that, I went to housekeeping full-time. And it's been a year since I've been doing that. March made it a year. But before that was a year, I started being a podcast host in the communications. So you're one of the youngest people here. How long do you say you've worked here? It's been four years. Coming up, I think it's July or August, it'll be five. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been a breeze. So you've tried several different career paths here, and now you're experimenting with communications. And I found that's really interesting where you just said you started out in the kitchen and wanted to shadow another department. I was like, that's kind of ambitious just to say, you know, I don't think that's the best fit for me, but I want to try something different. So what do you like best about working at Sacred Heart Convent? I like the positivity in the building. You walk in the building, you know, and to work. But when I was in the kitchen, I come I come into work at like 4, 4.30. And um, if I was having a bad day or anything before I come to work, just from coming in and seeing the sisters, it made my day a little better. So I'd say the sisters is one of the best things. Pretty much everybody here is considered a friend because, you know, you see them, you talk to them a lot. And just day by day, you get to know everybody uh, even better, even the new employees. So you live in Springfield, right? Yeah. How long have you lived in Springfield? I've been here about 11 years in June. Got a big family at home? I have a family of five siblings. I have have four siblings, but it's a family of five. Count my mom, six. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So where are you in that? I was second born. Second born? Yeah. So you probably have some leadership skills. Oh yeah. Yeah, being second born, you do, especially like when your uh, older brother, he's older by uh, nine years. Yeah, me and all the other siblings are close in age, kind of. Yeah, I, I got some leadership skills from that. You seem like an easygoing, calm dude, and I think that's a unique trait around here or anywhere, really. So it's great that you're able to you know keep your cool with a large group of people and you know a lot of demands and you're hanging in there i think we came up with this idea as early as like october of 2020 sister beth murphy is the communications director kind of pitched an idea to her really it came about in conversations we had well tell me a little bit about that i mean you kind of came up with this idea yeah we were talking about streaming and just a lot of things uh, like online gaming and i was telling you about like how i might start streaming you brought up podcasts in the middle of that you asked me would would that be something i'll be interested in as well and i said 
shit, yeah. You know, and it also help out with like editing and I was just kind of into that, all the uh, online stuff you can do. Yeah, you asked me if I wanted to be podcast host for the communications team and I said, yeah, I took it. I took it right away. I said, yeah. Yeah, so we started, well, I wouldn't say quickly, <laughs> but once we started going, we got all the tools that we needed and started to uh, do this in January 2021. And I just know that you have this great personality and you have uh, relationships with the, all the sisters you've met here. I've just figured you had so many stories and you could talk with them and it would be pretty easy, I, at least in my mind, to witness this and just put it together. And really, we've been doing a pretty good job, I think, of getting some of these stories that really not a lot of people know. Yeah. And uh, even in this, this community here, so we're in pandemic times, COVID-19 times. That's really shifted everything. And, you know, we've been constantly working safely through this. And like I said earlier on, we came up with this idea maybe October 2020 or maybe even earlier. And then getting the ball rolling in that process to make this thing that we're making right now and trying to connect with people. So the world right now is a different place than it was back then. And even a year ago, things were pretty scary. And now it appears that things are slowly opening up in the United States, maybe not so much in the world like in India, it's still really bad. But we can think about the future now, things we're gonna do. So what would be the next event that you're looking forward to attend once the pandemic allows it? Well, I would say travel somewhere. Yeah, a few things I really want to do once it's over is uh, go on a cruise ship and go overseas somewhere. Those are two big things that I would really want to do. Uh, and see some big crowds again. You know, everything's so confined and shortage of people around, especially here in Springfield. So that would be nice. So you've been doing this for quite a while now, and I think you're enjoying it, this flowcast. And so who are the people that you've interviewed so far? Uh, I've interviewed Sister Marilyn Jean, Sister Mary Emmerich Emmerich, Sister Bernadette, Sister Kelly, and Sister Alberta Lawless. And we've also had on podcast Sister Bernice Yipe and two associates. Yeah, Kara. I think it was Vicky and oh, yeah. uh, Kara. And no. also Sister... Um, Sister Denise. Yeah, Denise. Yeah, she's head of the vocations department. Yeah, she was in a couple of these so far. So I think she's getting this and enjoying it. Yeah. So... When you talk to all these people, what are some of the subjects you cover in the interviews? Some of the subjects would be, depending on the person, but mostly about their past life and their careers. And we had a sister that is currently in her career at the prime of it, Sister Kelly. So we spoke mostly on that, and that's mostly what it's about. And just who they are, just just letting people know like who they are. We're giving them an opportunity to talk about themselves and really uh, look back on the, their past and what they're doing currently. So where have the recordings taken place? We started out in the DePore Center, sometimes Zoom, and in Sienna Hall TV room. We've done some. We got a new location now. It's a parlor, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where we are currently. 
Yeah, so we've had to bounce around inside of this convent, and I guess we're going to have to bounce around again because the Regina Chaley large portion of this building is going to be renovated. So we're in a point in history where we're kind of itinerant and moving around, and it's, you know, it's kind of the part of the thing where we can be mobile and be present with different people here in the building and like you said with zoom and uh, just any way that we can reach out with technology and make this stuff so when do you do the interviews on wednesdays we try to keep the schedule going nice and neat but a lot of sometimes work gets in the way of uh, me being a custodian yeah wednesdays uh three to four thirty Pretty much everybody we've talked to, you have some sort of relationship with them you've made over the years. It's very interesting to me that they feel so comfortable talking with you. I think it's just such a unique thing. Can you talk with me a little bit about the way that you approach the sisters and talk with them? Well, at first, I've never seen a sister or known much about Catholic religion before I started working here. So I was I was kind of like really shy to speak to them, but they started speaking to me a lot as uh, the days went on of me working at the convent in the beginning. And I thought that was really generous of them. They really treated me well. So I told myself that I was gonna do the same, match their energy. And I also learned the names of them because they all knew my name, but I didn't know any of theirs. But for the most part, the more comfortable I got with them, I just talked to the sisters like I talked to you or anyone. Like how I talk, some, sometimes even like how I talk outside of work. No, no profanity, of course. But, <laughs> you know, I just feel comfortable to speak to them just like I talk to anyone. I've even taught some of the sisters some nice some uh, words the kids use nowadays, you know, that they didn't know of. So yeah, we have an interesting relationship because of that. You know, I've been witnessing this listening off to the side. So who taught you the most in the interviews that the people that you've talked to, like, is there a mentor you have or we've had over the years here? Out of the sisters that we've interviewed, Sister Marilyn Jean taught me a lot before the podcast, but also after. She talked a lot about mentorship. Yeah, she's definitely, I I look at her as a mentor because she always, you know, checks and makes sure I'm on the right path and uh, staying focused, keeping tunnel vision. She also makes sure that I'm uh, staying on the right path. I'll never forget when I turned 21, she she said... She said, yeah, go out and have fun, but behave. So, yeah, she's kind of hip to the the youth, and she understands me. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad she's hip and cool, (laughs) keeping up with things. You really could work anywhere, and, I mean, I guess I could, too. We both work here at a convent. Why do you work at a convent? Well, I had found out about the convent because my mom was working switchboard, and I had just stopped working at Jimmy John's, and I was comfortable with that. But you know how parents are. they uh, she, she, she wanted me to keep working instead of stop working and getting comfortable not being a working man. I was like only 16, 17, something like that. But I was comfortable with not working, and she said she was going to give me a job. So she had went up to uh, the person in charge of the kitchen at the time and asked them if they needed any help because she has a son that could use a job. And they said, yeah, we do. And that uh, she would interview me. And if she liked me, she would give me the job because they need help as well. 
And that's what ended up happening. And I've just been here ever since. It's been a bumpy road. I've already been here. <laughs> I've been here so long. I don't know what I'd do. So this place has grown on you. Yeah, it has. Tremendously. What do you think is the most important subject you've covered in your interviews so far? Off the top of my head, I would have to say, and this is just me briefly thinking back on episodes that were that were made, I would really have to say the religious uh, life of them. How did it start? What made them become a sister? Because each and every one of them have different questions and different reasons. So that that is definitely uh, the most important subject to me personally. The sisters that have talked with you about their vocation story, how they've started getting into religious life. Uh, are there any of those that really jump out to you? Actually, yeah, there's there's two. Uh, Sister Alberta Lawless, she had, if I'm not mistaken, relatives. It, it was just like everyone becoming a sister, next in line type of thing, like a tradition almost. And sister Marilyn Jean, she told me she knew she was going to become a sister and a teacher, but she was going to become a sister because she grew up around them and she looked at them as mentors. So she wanted to be like them. And that was interesting to me because I can't imagine growing up in a neighborhood with sisters around. So it's a big difference between both of our backgrounds with that. And it was really interesting to me. So how do you get the motivation to do the work you do? Well, I'll break it down into sections. In the housekeeping department, I'm motivated to come here every day and, and do a good job at what I do because it's helping the sisters and it's, it's being neat as well. Like, I live on my own. So the more I started coming to work, making sure things was clean, the more I did that at home uh, in an even better way. Just organizing things I haven't done in a while. And it's taught me a lot. That's what really motivates me to come in and keeps doing it. It's like favor for a favor almost, other than a paycheck. So that's that's what I like about it. And with the podcast, uh, working with the communications team, I'm really motivated to come in because I'm learning something every day about people and people are my interests. So to learn how this person was 30 years ago, 60 years ago, that's a deep topic because 30, 60 years ago, I wasn't even thought about, or my mom, my parents wasn't thought about as well. So that's going uh, really far back to where I can't even imagine. So you're always learning something new about someone that you already know. It's a great thing. Said you live on your own? Yeah. yeah. So you've been living on your own for a while? Uh, since 2018, I've been living. About three years or so? Yeah. You've been hanging in there, you know, doing your thing? Yeah. I, I lived on my own for quite a while. I liked it. I'm probably your age. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot older now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one more year older today. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, living on your own is fun. You get to really choose what you want to do in life and have more freedom and yeah and, um the space the the self self-care time is what i really like whether it's meditation if if anyone is into that or just reading a book or just being on your phone in, in your room or just staring at a ceiling or a tv screen you're in your own company that's what i really like about it some of the sisters might say that's kind of like a prayer life yeah you know? oh yeah and just kind of you know finding space yeah making space for that is really a great way to balance yourself so if someone was wanting to work here what kind of advice would you give that person i would definitely tell them always be on time <laughs> 
and to just be their self and you know nine times out of ten it, it, it this place this building will accept you for who you are whatever you are that's a big thing working in food service or even anything any other job other than a convent is you have to have customer service 24 7 for the most part but working at the convent there is no customers you don't have to worry about the public in general so you, the sisters are your customers i could say <laughs> Um, for for any department, that's who you make sure is in a good place. Housekeeping, for example, I have a certain task I have to get done. Yeah, in a nice timely fashion, but I don't have to work as fast as I can on every task. But at Jimmy John's, that's something I did have to do. And customers were rude for no reason sometimes. For the most, yeah, no reason every time because uh, I didn't never give anyone a reason to be rude. So yeah, basically customer service is a pain. I salute anyone that does it over the age of 18. <laughs> I really do. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I've been doing this for close to nine years right now. In July, it'll be nine years. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a different world. It's a different world, for sure. I've always enjoyed community newspapers and listening to people and taking images and putting it together in a story. I've worked in different types of communication things and customer service things and uh, music supply, graphic design, and all sorts of stuff like that. Try to be as independent as possible, but you're always going to have to work with the public in some way. But... This is a unique space where there's so many things that we've witnessed so far, and we're turning that into something that is really inspirational to people out there. We're at a time where people are, I don't even know if they care what truth is. I don't know if anybody actually likes each other anymore, <laughs> you know, but one of these, what, what we do here, it seems to inspire people and it, it seems to balance things a bit, at least what I've noticed. It's just a thought, a rambling thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand though. I felt that. Want more hope and inspiration from the sisters? Go to springfieldop.org. That's springfieldop.org. Visit springfieldop.org. That's springfieldoplikeorderofpreachers.org. And click on the Listen, See, Respond button to take a three-day virtual retreat. So you've met a lot of retired sisters that are former teachers or former healthcare workers and a lot of other things. What are some of the things that you've noticed about the retired sisters? Uh, actually, I've never met a retired sister unless they were incapable of working, like of a physical condition. Sister uh, Linda Tomalato told me a while ago, cause I asked her, you know, I was going around saying that uh, I was retiring next week. Now, I didn't know that that would take offense to some of, <laughs> some of the sisters that are 80 plus who still aren't retired and they hear someone in their early 20s saying that they are going to retire. So she told me her age and told me as well that she isn't even retired yet. And it was surprising because, you know, as soon as I really am able to retire, I will. No matter how much I love what I'm doing, no matter what that is, I'm, I think so for the most part. They'll volunteer to do something else. The sisters are always moving. They can. So for the most part, I, I wouldn't know. None of them are really. 
retired, yeah. are they? No, I don't think they do. See, you said it just right. Like, you've never met one. Yeah. Now, you've been here five years. You've never met a retired sister. <laughs> but there are a lot of sisters that are here, but they're all active, always doing something in the community, always doing something to make some sort of impact in someone's life. And, you know, some of them are teachers still. Some of them are in healthcare, Some of them are doing work with people on the border right now. And uh, quite a few things in between those little hidden ministries. The people that are being served by the sisters definitely know that's part of their ministry but it's kind of hidden to a lot of people it's personal it's uh, like i said call it pastoral it's kind of one-on-one i've witnessed a lot how just listening being present in some people's lives how much of an impact it makes over time it really is something so you've seen sisters do things in the Springfield area for a while since you've been here five years and you live in the area. And you were telling me that SDART, the Springfield Dominican anti-racism team, is something that you've noticed makes an impact in this town. What have you noticed? I noticed the members of that team can invite people that they know to it. And that's uh, giving everybody a taste of what anti-racism is in the community. And some people even live outside of Springfield that join, that are guests. So they're not only doing good for Springfield, but also the nation, you could say. I joined as a guest a few times. It's also a workshop that I've went to about racism, and it uh, teaches you about what racism is in many ways, like um, systemic racism that I didn't know that even existed. And it uh, really opened your eyes about the true meaning of racism, how to recognize racism, and how to go about racism. So that's something that I noticed about it. I think it's great. You don't have to, you know, experience racism or even be considered a racist to go just to learn. I feel like you can be none of those things and still learn. Everyone should learn about it because if you think you know what racism is before the program, it opened your eyes for sure. I thought I knew all about racism until I joined it personally. And a lot of people say the same thing. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It's an eye-opener to the unknown. Yeah, the sisters, you can tell that one of their big collective ministries, the things that they want to do together, they've really committed to the anti-racism and dismantling racism. They've done a lot of dismantling of racism inside of the institutions they have in their world, and that's a continuing, ongoing thing. But that commitment is definitely something you see in the community. So where do you picture yourself in five years? What picture comes to mind? Well, I picture myself in five years either, that is a big question, but in five years I see myself being somewhat done with schooling to be a psychologist and, you know, hopefully have a beard. A full mustache. I still don't have those things. Doing something to help others in five years. I want to be an a influence. I want to be a positive person like I am today, but 10 times more. I want to be someone people look at and, and can learn something from in five years. I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people. You bring people together. You've got this natural ability just to 
it's just something. It's a it's a special thing. So I think you'll you'll do it. I appreciate it. I think you will. Whatever you choose to do, you'll do well at it because you really understand. This is all about relationships and all about people. Getting to know people, taking the time to know them, and you you do that naturally. And this thing is called Flowcast for the life of the world, and that is something that is in the chapel, in the mosaic. In Latin, it says Pro Bundi Vita, for the life of the world. We came up with the idea just to call it for the life of the world, but our uh, mission advancement and communication specialist came up with the idea of changing it into Flowcast, for the life of the world, cast, like podcast. And it, it's a little uh, easier to say. <laughs> yeah, for, sure. for the life of the world's a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mouthful. But it gets, the, like what you said there, it's really for life, for the energy, positive things that need to be out there. People changing lives in hopeful ways. So is there anything else that you want to add to this that you want people to know about you, about this podcast, anybody involved? Things I want people to know about myself is that I am a peaceful person doing positive things for not only me, but for others. I think in this world, it sees enough evil and hate and crime that goes on that it's time for positive things to show. True, genuine people come together and create some of the best things. So that's what we're doing with this podcast, and we're trying to create something great, but not only for this community, but for the world. Not just for Springfield, but for the nation, for all the continents, everything. I think anyone that hears it will enjoy their time. It's not a waste of time. It's not something just to pass the time by. I think it's educational. It's very meaningful. And you can learn so much about uh, the Catholic religious life and inspiring people as well. And we're only getting better with time. So that's what matters as well. Every day, every time we have a session, whether it's practice or actual podcast, we're only getting better day by day. Well, I'll tell you what. I thank you for your time. I thank you for the opportunity just to kind of do this and just be a part of this. Really, it couldn't have, there's no way this wouldn't happen without you. And it's it's really been a privilege to watch you grow in this and hearing the stories that you're able to pull out of the sisters with your ability to really listen deeply and ask great questions. I've learned a lot about the sisters' lives because of you. And there are some things that I've learned, like you said, about American history, uh, the history of this country not that long ago, but in the grand scheme of things. But for you and I, like you said, we weren't even a thought <laughs> of our yeah. of our parents. So, you know, there's like a whole world that you and I are learning like it's a foreign planet, but it's our world that we're living in. Exactly. And uh, yeah, long and short of it. Thanks. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you for having me on there. Mm -hmm. uh, be on the other side. <laughs> and... Another special thanks for you doing this on your birthday. So yeah, that, that really means something, and I'm thankful. Glad to be here. Good deal. Thank you for listening to Flowcast. Join us next week to hear more stories about people changing lives in hopeful ways for the life of the world.